from man. If he wanted to do something in the earth, he had to use a man. So we saw that if he wanted to free his people out of Israel or out of Egypt, free the Israelites, he needed a man named Moses. If he wanted to part the Red Sea, he needed a man named Moses. If he wanted to go into the promised land and get his people there, he needed a man named Joshua to take them in there to lead the people around a fortified city named Jericho and bring the walls down. He needed David to conquer the giant Goliath. And then we saw that he needed Jesus, flesh, a man, to now save his people. Now that was a big dilemma for God because he's the only one who could save man. But he spoke two words back in Genesis 1.26 that locked him in a binding contract because he got as a king. And so when God as a king states something, he cannot go back on that. He said that my word will perform that which I call it and send it to do. It will not return to me void. If he goes back on his word, he becomes just like one of us. So now he is stuck to his word. And because he gave man dominion in the earth, he needed to use a man. He had to send himself in flesh because that's how he designed it. So we saw that the purpose of prayer, although it goes contrary to what a lot of us ever thought about God and thought about prayer, prayer is essentially giving God permission to do his will in the earth. If I need healing in my body, I have to ask for it. Remember, Jesus even said, the Father, he already knows what you need, but you still need to ask. He said, my Father knows what you need before you ask. The asking is still a requirement. Why? Because God cannot do anything in the earth apart from using mankind. And so that's the purpose of prayer. That's why prayer is so important. Remember we said that uh, prayer in most churches, that's the smallest meeting. If we call a praise and worship night, we can usually get a good group out for that. If we call a barbecue fellowship or, you know, let's just hang out, get a group for that. But when we say, hey, Tuesday night's prayer meeting, that's where we get the smallest group. And, you know, I told you, I heard one minister that changed all this for me. He said, I judge the size of a church based on their prayer meeting because that's the most powerful thing that you as an individual can do and us as a body, as a corporate unit can do is pray and get God's will on something. I told you, you know, back when I moved to St. Augustine and got hooked up with Pastor Earl, you know, I was a college student coming out, and, you know, I was used to staying up till 1 and then sleeping until 1, getting my 12 hours of sleep. Couldn't do anything if I didn't have my 12 hours. And then I show up to St. Augustine, and 7 o'clock in the morning, we're walking on St. Augustine Beach on a Saturday. And we're not just walking, we're praying. I remember Pastor Earl looked at me and he said, this is the most important thing we'll ever do. Aside from any ministry, aside from any event, aside from any production, aside from any message that I could ever come up, this is the most powerful thing, the most important thing we could do, and that is pray. And they still have it to this day. They pray 6 a.m. Wednesday mornings is Wednesday morning prayer. And 8.30 in the morning on Sundays, we start, the, we start our Sundays with prayer, and then we go into our services. But prayer is the most important thing we as an individual can do. But why don't we see it that way? And we said that the reason is, is because we as people, just out of nature, we only do things that bring results. If something isn't effective, then we don't do it anymore. We quit it. And instead of trying to fix it, we just fix it. We, 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 we quit the thing. If our marriages aren't working, we get a divorce. If we don't like being a father anymore, we leave our families. If we don't like the job anymore, if it doesn't seem to 
bring the results, then we quit the job and look for another one. We quit things instead of trying to fix it. And people don't pray because we just simply don't believe it's as effective as we think it is or as the Bible says it is. And so we need to figure out how to fix that thing. We need to figure out how to get prayer to work because it is the most important thing we can do. We, then we saw the relationship of prayer. And if we are going to get God to do his will in the earth, then we need to know him. And we saw that Jesus, he said, I do nothing on my own initiative. I do nothing because I want to do it. I, do, I don't say anything I want to say. I don't go anywhere I, I want to go. Everything I do is because the Father has me do it. The Father tells me where to go. The Father tells me what to say. The Father tells me what to do. And how did he know that will? Because constantly throughout the New Testament, we're actually going to look at it today, he was going and taking time to spend with his Father. He was praying. He was going up on the mountain. He was going out in the wilderness. He was uh, praying all night. He was getting up early before the day even started. He was showing the value and the importance of communicating with my Father and talking to God. So, so we have to see that priority and, and, and the purpose of prayer in our lives, and that is to establish that relationship with God. Thirdly, we saw real quick the faith of prayer, that if we're praying without using faith, if we're praying uh, and, and just hoping God's going to do something, then that's another reason why we're not seeing results. And so we have to pray with faith. We have to pray knowing, like a Mark, Mark 11, 23 says, Pray, uh, when you pray, believe that you receive. When you pray, not when I see it. And see, that's what we a lot of times do is we'll pray and ask God for something. And then we don't think we actually have it until it's fully manifest. We ask for healing and we don't believe the healing is ours until we actually see it in our bodies. We, we are believing God for a house and we don't actually believe that house is ours until we live in it and have the key to it. And God is saying, you believe you receive when you pray. Which means if I'm praying for a house, that's my house. God, you have already given me that house. That doesn't mean I go and, and start walking through it like it's mine. But by faith in my heart, I know, I believe, that's my house, my house and nothing can take me off of that. Okay? So then we had to understand the faith of prayer. And then last week, we had to look at the will of prayer. What are our motives? Are our motives for praying just selfishness? Are we just praying because we want something? You know, a lot of times we find ourselves only praying in an eventful time instead of a lifestyle. We pray when we got saved. We pray when there's a problem. We pray when we need something. But the lifestyle of prayer isn't there. Making a lifestyle out of it and doing it all the time and pray without ceasing. What does that even mean? That used to be one of the scariest verses in the Bible to me. And we're going to look at that verse today. Because what in the world does it mean to pray without ceasing? You mean I can literally never stop praying? How in the world can I do that? But we're going to look at that today. And so today we're going to look at the priority of prayer. And real quick, I just want to lay a foundation on what priority is. The most valuable thing to all of us, one common denominator we have, the most valuable thing that we all have is time. It's not your house. It's not your car. It's not your job, it's not how much money you have, it's not the jewelry you wear, it is time. That's the most important thing. Now time is like a currency, it is like money. You can waste time, you can spend time, you can invest time, 
But the one thing that is different than money is that you can't get it back. Once it's spent, we can't ever get that back. And we hate that feeling. You hate that feeling when you spend time doing something, you know, I just wasted time doing that. How many of you hate going to see a movie, and then when you walk out, you're saying, I hated that movie. That was a stupid movie. Yeah, we like to know things in advance. We read reviews, and we we look things up. Nobody wants to go to a movie that's stupid. Nobody wants to go to a movie that you're not going to have any interest in because you know you're going to waste two to three hours sitting there when you could have been doing something else. And so we all hate to waste time. The first point I want to make is, in, in regards to prayer, is if we don't have time to pray or if we are too busy to pray, then we're too busy. Over the past four weeks, if we've looked at prayer the way, and and we see it the way that we've been looking at it, if we are too busy to pray, then we're too busy. You know, we always, that's probably the number one common reason why people say they don't have a, a prayer life or why I didn't pray today. And most people say, I didn't have time. Or I don't have time to pray. Remember, this is the one area that most of us as believers, we struggle in, in our spiritual lifestyle. We're, we're pretty good about going to church. You know, uh, most of us are pretty good about opening our Bibles and reading that at some point. But prayer, that's the one that we struggle in the most. And remember, we said, if you, don't, if you don't know the purpose for something, then it will be ineffective in your lives. If we don't know the purpose for a thing, then you can't use it properly. If I don't know the reason why I have a gun, if I don't, even, if I don't know why I have a job, if I don't know why I have a vehicle, those things aren't going to work in my life. I mean, if you, need to tear, if you need to take a wall out in your house and you think that your vehicle is a good wall smasher, then you are going to improperly use your vehicle and you're going to tear it to shreds and you're going to abuse it. Remember, we said that abuse is inevitable when you don't know the purpose for something. And so we've been abusing prayer because we don't know the purpose for it. And so we had to understand why. But now that we understand why, now we have to make time. And you know, a lot of us, we talk about time as if someone else is controlling our time. We do that a lot. I'm right there with you, I promise you. We talk about time, where did my time go, as if, Someone else was controlling what we did with our time. But I'm going to tell you today that you're the only one that controls what you do with your time. Period. A lot of us will say, well, you know, my job takes all my time. Or, uh, you know, my my kids take a lot of my time. We always have a reason why uh, we're out of time. But ultimately, we're the ones that choose what we do with our days what we do with our time. And, and, and time is made up of our decisions. Time is made up of our choices. No one else. Well, they made me waste my time. That movie, you, you can't write the, the, the people that made the movie that you thought was stupid and say, you guys just wasted my time. Because you wasted your time. They, they, they may have created a movie that wasn't of your interest, but you spent your time doing it. You made the choice and the decision, inevitably, to go see that movie. So the... The number one reason why is we didn't have time. But if we don't have time to pray, if we're too busy to pray, then we're just too busy, okay? Nobody wants to waste their time. It's the most valuable, most important commodity that we have. So what is the key to getting our time right? What is the key to using our time properly? And the answer is in one word, 
It's priorities. Priorities. That's why we make priorities. That's why we say, this is my, this is my first priority. And you can always tell people's priorities by their time. I can tell that music is a priority of Jeremy's because he's doing it a lot. And he talks about it a lot. And he spends a lot of time either on the computer listening to music, learning songs, or writing songs, or learning songs, or playing songs. Why? Because music is a priority in his life. You can always tell people's priorities. I can tell which, what, what, which people, their family is their priority by how much time they spend with their family. I can tell which people, their job is their priority because they spend a lot of time at their job. And I'm not saying any of these are wrong. I'm just saying this is how you tell people's priorities by the time that they spend. Um, I want to jump to this point real quick. Time reveals priorities. And priorities reveal values. I can tell what you value in life by what you're spending time doing, what you spend your time doing, because your priorities are made up of your values. If I, if I were to give everyone a sheet of paper right now and say, write down your priorities, I could go number one, valuable, number two, valuable, number three, valuable. And then I could probably look at your life and say, hopefully I could say that that's what you spend your most time doing. You know, I remember Tim Tebow when he first, uh, I can't remember if it was going into the Gators or coming out, but he listed his priority. I think it was going in when he graduated from Nice High School and he went to the Florida Gators. I know I'm not supposed to talk about them down here or up here, but that's all right. Uh, but Tim Tebow, he listed his priorities. And football was actually further down the list than most people thought. Now, yeah, he spent a lot of time doing that, but that was all the time that we saw him. But if we walked his daily life with him, we probably would have found that he was getting up early in the morning and praying and reading his Bible. So God was the number one. He was probably spending a lot of time with his family and talking to them on the phone. And so we would have seen those values listed out if we could actually walk his life with him. And so we have to understand that our time is made up of what we value and what we value is where we get our priorities from. If you were to write, that, write those values down, and only you can know, would your time match that? Would the time you spend match what you list as your priorities? God, church, family, job, you know, whatever your priorities are. And I can always tell, if I, you know, you spend, spend a week with someone, you'll find out real quick what their priorities are. You'll find out real quick what they value. Why? Because the time that is spent doing. But here's the danger. Point number three, incorrect priorities lead to wasted time. Wasted time and energy. Those are two things, man, that I'll tell you what, we just we don't have the time to waste them. We don't have the time to waste time. You know, my time is very important, and when, when I understand that, there's things that we'll start to turn down. There's things that we'll not do. And there's things that we'll start doing when we realize, look, my time is important. And all of us, time is important. doesn't matter how much time you have. There's some of us that may have more time. I mean, really, do we have more time? No, we all are given 24 hours a day. I have more time than you. No, you don't. It's just what you do with it. You know, when people, uh, sometimes we mistake being busy as success, but sometimes we're being 
busy in the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, and we're really just unsuccessful. But when we find that we're using our time properly, then our priorities get in line. But when we, when we have incorrect priorities, let's just take prayer for example. When prayer is not the right priority, then we spend the wrong amount of time doing it, and we end up wasting time doing something else. This is why we have to get these values in place. The last thing, when something is given the right priority, that's when it becomes the most beneficial to our lives. When you give something the right priority, when you value it the way you're supposed to value it, then you prioritize it right. And when you prioritize it right, then you give the right amount of time to it. And when you give the right amount of time to it, now it becomes the most beneficial. Remember, we said from the beginning that the reason why people aren't praying is because it's not effective. It's just not working. Why am I going to waste my time talking to someone that I can't even see if I know that it's not going to get me anywhere? If you have a serious problem, you know who you can go to in your life and talk to about it. And you know who you don't need to go to who's not going to help you at all. And you know, I'm going to waste my time going to this person about this problem because they're not going to help me. So what do you do? You obviously choose the right person to go to and talk to about it so they can help you fix the problem. Well, God can fix every problem we have. And, you know, we said it a few weeks ago that a lot of times... Uh, we spend more time just grumbling and complaining about the problem rather than talking to God about the problem. And I think if we spent more time talking to God about the issue, that the issue would resolve itself and we'd get the right answer to fix it. So therefore, prayer needs to, be, needs to have a higher priority in our lives than probably what it does. Look at Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Now it came to pass... As he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Now we know if we keep going that Jesus reveals the Lord's Prayer. Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, your will be done. We know the whole thing. And we've been praying it for years. A lot of our churches have been praying it very religiously and very ritualistically and you know, I really believe we don't even know. We're, we'll eventually break down that prayer because it's a very important prayer. That's what Jesus told his disciples to pray. And we're going to break that down and we're going to find out what exactly all that means. But I find it very interesting that out of all the things that Jesus' disciples could have asked Jesus to teach them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this is the only time Jesus' disciples ask him to teach them anything, and that is to pray. So that tells me that they recognized that there was a value that Jesus placed on prayer. And remember we said that values are revealed by your priorities. So Jesus' disciples saw that Jesus placed a very high priority on prayer. Real quick, I just want to define priority for you it'll help us really understand it the priority means the first thing Um, it is the means of placing things in order of importance or value in our lives it's the principal thing the primary focus it means to place high value and importance upon 
So we see here that Jesus' disciples recognized Jesus places a very high level of importance. He values talking and spending time with God. Why? Let's go through it. And I'm just going to bounce through these verses. You don't have to turn there. They'll be up on the screen for you. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23 says, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. A little rap right there. Didn't know Matthew could rap. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Matthew 26, 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. Now, just to let you know, that was at Jesus' most crucial time in his life. He's just about to be arrested and go to the cross. So he's praying in his most dire need of time. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Mark chapter 6, verse 46. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. So we see he's praying again. Luke chapter 5, verse 16. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray. And look at this. And continued all night, all night in prayer to God. Luke chapter 9, verse 18. And it happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him. And he asked them, saying, who do the crowd say that I am? So we see again, he's spending more time in prayer. Luke chapter 9, verse 28. Now it came to pass about eight days after these things that he took Peter, John, and James and went up to the mountain and prayed. Now he's taken a few of his disciples with him to pray. And then Luke 11, 1, we just read that. It came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he got done that his disciples say, Lord, teach us to do this thing. Why? Because he's always doing it. I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus' priority, if we're talking about the first thing, if we're talking about the most valuable thing, if we're talking about the most important thing in someone's life, Jesus' priority was not ministering to people. He loved people, and he loved to minister to people, and he spent a lot of time ministering to people. But we see here that his priority was ministering to God, was fellowshipping with God, was talking with his Father. And don't you find it interesting that Jesus, being God in the flesh, 100% man, 100% God, even he had to pray and prayed a lot. When's the last time anybody in this room stayed up all night praying? When's the last time anyone in this room rose way before daylight? Long before daylight, not just before the day starts, before daylight to get up and pray. This was a very valuable thing to Jesus. His priority was not people, but prayer, because he knew that prayer empowered him to minister to people. Because remember, he said, I don't do anything on my own initiative. I don't do anything because I want to do it. See, when we find ourselves in prayer and we place that value, then you'll find that your values will line up with God's. Because God has values for your life. God has a priority for your life. God has already designed and destined us to do something in this earth. And we will find out what that is when we spend time talking to him. So Jesus spent much time 
in prayer. This was a very valuable thing to him because his priorities were in line because he had things that he valued and that was determined by what he spent his time doing. Now I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus spent a lot of time talking to God and he spent very little time dealing with people's problems. You won't find in the Bible, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, where Jesus spent a whole lot of time with people's individual issues. Now, yes, he spent all day healing the sick, but that's how many people there were. But with the one individual person, he didn't spend a lot of time. He didn't have to spend hours in prayer to multiply food. It happened instantly. He didn't have to spend hours in prayer to get the the wind and the sea and the storms to calm down. It happened instantly. He didn't have to spend a lot of time uh, curing someone of blindness or leprosy or uh, raising someone from the dead. Even when his friend Lazarus died, he goes and he shows up at the tomb and he says with his mouth, he said, I'm not praying because I'm asking you to raise Lazarus. He didn't even pray to raise a man that had been dead three days. He didn't. He said, the only reason I'm praying right now is so everyone else around me can know that you are able to do this. I'm doing this as a sign to everyone else around me. This isn't because me and you, because I already know you can do this. And I know as soon as I say, Lazarus, come forth, he's going to come forth. But I'm doing this as a sign to everyone else around me that you're the one performing this miracle. That you're the one that has the power to raise the dead. That's amazing. He didn't sit there. I mean, most of us, if you get any believer out there, we're, I mean, we're laying hands on the tomb, man. We're, we're trying to, you know, pray this thing. We're going to be praying all day. We're, you know, trying to cast out demons. And Jesus didn't do that. Even when he came, uh, go look at it. I, I think it's in Luke when he faced the man uh, at, the, at the man at Gadarenes that had the legion within him. If you look in that whole passage, I think it's like six to eight verses long, there are two red words, if you have a Bible that has Jesus' words in red. Two words. Come out. That's it. Jesus was not toiling and, and spending a lot of time trying to get these things to happen in his life. Why? Because he spent all his time in prayer. And so, since, so his disciples are seeing something because they're watching this. They're seeing all this happen. And they're seeing, it's amazing. He spends so much time talking to God and spends such little time with people's problems. And then there was an instance where Jesus was up on a mountain and he came down from the mountain and uh, this father had a son that had a, was demon-possessed. And they brought him, he brought him to Jesus' disciples and said, you follow Jesus, you should be able to heal him. And they spent all this time trying to heal this boy. They spent all this time trying to cast this demon out. And then, obviously, Jesus comes down, he casts the demon out, and then the disciples go to him and say, why couldn't we do it? And he said, you know, these things only come by prayer and fasting. He said, if you would spend more time with the Father, you'll spend very little time with your problems. But, you know, we do the opposite. We spend more time with our problems and we spend little time with God. And we need to reverse that. We need to take the priority and place it where it is. 
We need to take the priority of prayer and put it at a higher level in our lives, and we'll find that all those other things will line up. Now, look at this in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, because now the question arises, well, how much time do I spend in prayer? How long do I need to pray? I mean, how much time do I need to spend in prayer to, to make it a priority in my life? And 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Pray without ceasing. I know that's a scary verse, but that's all right. I'm going to fix that for you. It says, Pray without ceasing. And ceasing just simply means quitting. Pray without quitting. Now, here's what I want to tell you. Just because you stop doing something doesn't mean you quit it. How many of you have a job that you go to every day and you work and you receive a paycheck? You have that job. You have a job you work, okay? Were you there last week? Who, who worked their job on Friday? Okay. Who worked their job? You did. I know you guys did because you were up here. Who, did you work your job on Thursday? Okay. Now, you're not at your job right now. So is it safe to assume that you have quit your job? No. <laughs> See, we've had this idea that ceasing means never stop doing just after the other, after the other. But when we go home at 5 o'clock, when we clock out, I don't assume that you've quit your job. Your boss doesn't say, hey, where are you going? Quitter? You quitting your job? No. Stopping doesn't mean quitting. So just because I stop praying doesn't mean I have ceased from praying. Go over to Ephesians chapter 6. This helps lines it out a little bit better. Praying Always, Ephesians 6, verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Praying always. Are you serious? I have to pray all the time? But that word always means daily. It means a regular occurrence. See, your job, just because you go home from your job or you stop doing this specific task, doesn't mean you have quit the job. Why? Because you do it daily. You do it on a regular occurrence. Your boss knows you're probably going to be back tomorrow morning. If you take vacation, they don't say, all right, what, are you quitting? No, because they know you're going to come back to it. Prayer without ceasing means it becomes a regular occurrence in your life. It means that although I may be stopping now, I'm coming back to it at some point. And that's one we've always struggled with, pray without ceasing. We need to have, we need to make it a lifestyle. Now, I don't want it to sound like your job because, you know, we, we put more limits on our job because we think we have to or we do it for certain reasons, and that's not how prayer works. We don't do prayer because we have to, and we don't do prayer because we want something in return. So it's not like your job, but I'm wanting to show you that all of us have jobs, and all of us are doing something on a daily basis. I mean, it's like being a parent. But if we drop our kids off 
to a babysitter and go out for a date night or something. We're not quitting being a father or a mother. It doesn't mean that I can never cease from being around my kids. And so that's simply what that means. Cease just simply means to quit. It means, it means although I'm not doing it right now, it is still a regular occurrence in my life. And so we need to establish that lifestyle. Now, if you leave your job on Friday and then you don't come back next week and they're expecting you or you don't come back for a few weeks, now we've got a problem. Now we've got an issue. Where you been? Now, we're, now people are going to start wondering, well, did he just up and quit? Why? Because we haven't kept up the lifestyle. We haven't kept up the daily, regular occurrence. And so we need to make it a lifestyle. I'm not saying that you have to get up uh, at 3 a.m. every morning. Uh, see, prayer isn't like that. Remember we said this from the beginning. Christians are not the only ones that pray. Christianity is not the only religion that prays. In fact, almost all religions have that in common, prayer. But there are religions that are very religious and very uh, ritualistic in how they do it. They face a certain direction. They say a specific prayer every time. They pray at a specific time of day. They pray for a certain amount of time or at a certain period. But see, God isn't like that. God doesn't want you to do it because you have to. He doesn't want you to do it just because, well, you know, it's just what I do. He doesn't want you to do it because you're expecting something in return. He wants you to do it because that's how we operate in this life. Because if we're going to get God to intervene in this world, we have to be praying. Remember, John Wesley said, uh, I, I believe that if God cannot do anything if man doesn't pray. And according to the word of God, that's a true statement. I mean, he even told the people in the Old Testament, he said, if my people will humble themselves and pray, I will heal their land. How many times in the word does God say, if you pray, then I will do this? His actions always follow man doing something. I mean, even in Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, Jesus says, you, Peter, you're a rock. And on you I will build my church, and to you I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. And then he says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. See, all this time we've been thinking that we're sitting here waiting for God to do something. Well, let's just wait on God. And there is a time to wait. But a lot of times we just find ourselves sitting by idle, doing nothing, and, well, you know, if God wants to do something, then he'll do it. But the Bible is very clear that God and heaven are reacting and responding to what we do in the earth. We have more responsibility than people want to say we do. We have more of an obligation to get stuff done in the earth than we've heard all of our lives. And heaven and God are waiting on us. God's waiting on us, for, on us to stand in faith for something. He's waiting on us to cast out the sickness. He's waiting on us to pray so he can respond and react to what we do here in the earth. And so Jesus understood this. But even Jesus ceased. I mean, when we look at Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it says, and when he had ceased praying. So if, we were, if we're saying pray without ceasing, 
and we say that means we can never stop praying, well, then Jesus disobeyed the word of God. But obviously that doesn't make sense, and we know that's not true. Pray without ceasing means to make a regular occurrence. Make it a lifestyle. It doesn't have to be the same time every day. It doesn't have to be the same prayer every day. It doesn't have to be the same amount of time every day. Just make it a lifestyle and talking to God. Remember I told you this, that you know a lot of times when we just block out certain parts of the day to pray, and we say, well, this is my prayer time, and that's the only time we talk to God, then we limit ourselves and we think that's the only time God can talk to us. See, if I have a certain prayer time from 5 to 7 every morning, I get up at 5 o'clock and I pray till 7 a.m., that's my prayer time, and I don't ever talk to God again, then I'm going to get in the, in the habit of thinking the only time he can talk to me is from 5 to 7 every morning. But now if I find myself talking to God in the car, if I find myself talking to God when I'm in Walmart, if I find myself talking to God when I'm at the job, when I, if I find myself talking to God uh, when I'm just at home doing laundry, now God can speak to me when I'm doing laundry. God can speak to me when I'm shopping at Walmart. God speaks to me when I'm driving. And so we need to get into that lifestyle, that habit of talking to God, communicating with God, and developing that relationship. Because I don't know about you, but I want to be able to say, I don't do anything on my own initiative. I don't do anything because I want to do it. I don't have the friends that I want to have. I don't work where I want to work. I don't uh, uh, spend my time doing what I want to do. I do what the Father wants me to do. That's the value that we need to place on our lives. Look at Matthew chapter 6. We'll close with this. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. See, God knows about priorities. And He knows that priorities reveal what you value. And he knows that your time spent reveals your priorities. That word first, but seek first, that means in time, in place, and in order of importance. See, God understands priorities. He has priority. We are his priority. He said, for I know the plans that I have for you, for good, not for evil, a future and a hope. He's got a priority. It also means before or at the beginning. Now here's the key. Before and at the beginning. A lot of times our prayers are reactive instead of proactive. A lot of times we find ourselves praying because we are responding to something that just took place. Well, I got this bill that is all of a, all of a sudden shown up or you know, I'm, I'm sick, I'm not feeling well, or, uh, you know, I'm just feeling depressed, or I'm fearful, whatever it is. We find ourselves reacting to something instead of being proactive, and he's saying, seeking the kingdom, prayer, it should be the first thing. It should be first place. It should be of great importance, of great value. You need to prioritize it highly in your life, and you need to do it before or at the beginning of something. Don't wait. 
don't find yourself waiting until things get really bad. I mean, when something comes, when something comes and tries to attack your life, get in prayer about it. He needs to be the first person we talk to before we talk to our parents, before we even talk to our spouses, before we talk to our friends, before we talk to Facebook. He needs to be the first person we talk to. And remember I said last week that, uh, you know, a lot of times we feel like we're wasting time in prayer, but I think that we would find that if we would spend more time in prayer, we'd find ourselves wasting little time later on. And a lot of times we try to do things on our own, and then we end up having to fix what we did anyways. If we just would have sought God on it and said, God, what do you want me to do about this situation? See, that's what Jesus did. See, before he got in there with the demons, before he got in there with the storms, before he got in there uh, dealing with the Pharisees and the Sadducees that were always on his back nonstop, daily, he was spending time with God. So he knew, when I get in that situation, I'm going to do, think, talk, speak like God wants me. I'm not going to do what I want to do. Because I've already been proactive I've made a priority and I've valued being in prayer. And see, time can be invested. No, none of us in this room, we, none of, no one in here wants to invest our time poorly. We all want to invest our time wisely. And I believe that a lot of us fail to pray or you know, fail to make time. I mean, you know how it is. Most of us are in this posture. It gets to be the end of the day and it's like, and I forgot to read my Bible. Or, man, I didn't pray. But you know when something is valuable to you, you don't forget it. We don't forget things of high value. I mean, I know that our jobs are important to us. See, priorities, that's what gets us up in the morning when the alarm goes off. How many of you, every time the alarm goes off and you have to go to work, you are excited to go to work? You're just jump. I mean, I don't even need an alarm, man. I know it's in me. I just I can't wait to get there. Most of us know. And if you do, there's something wrong with you. You can come down for prayer later. We can take care of that. Okay? But priorities. Why? I have a priority to get food on the table. I have a priority to live in a house. I have a priority to pay for car payments. I have a priority to take care of my kids. It's a priority in our lives. Baseball is a priority in my life. So at some time, I'm going to find myself getting on some kind of form of technology to find the score, get the updated, what's going on, what happened today. It's a priority. It's valuable to me. I have those priorities. And the church is the priority. It's not something I forget about. It's not something that, uh, you know, I, I take casually. It's something very highly, something of very high value and importance in my life. Jeremy and Christy, y'all will go ahead and come up. Um, they're going to do a song for us. And I just want us to take time. You know, while they're doing this song, the, the words aren't going to be up. They're just going to do a song and just kind of get us in, in, a, in a moment of being able to think about what are our values. We, we all need to take time to do that. Um, I believe that we'll get time right and we'll get our values right and get our priority right if we'll, we'll, take, right, we'll take time to get them in line. I would even encourage you throughout this week, sometime this week to just sit down and write down what are my priorities in life what are they 
and then find out wherever, you know, as you list them, well, does this need to be higher? Does this need to be lower? Do I need to spend more time doing this rather than this? And I think that we can take that time um, throughout this week and we'll find, our le- we'll find our lives go to the next level. We'll definitely find our prayer life. And when you value it, I mean, you wake up in the morning thinking about it. I know when there's things in my life that I'm excited about and, I'm va- and, and I value very highly, I mean, you know how it is. You wake up in the morning thinking about it. You go to bed thinking about it. You're thinking about it all day long. I don't want you to sit here and think, okay, when was a good time for me to pray? Okay, I could pray tonight from, let's see, that show comes on at 6, so over at 7. You can pray from 7, but there's another one coming on at 7.30. I don't want you to try to squeeze God in. I want you to think, where's, where's he at priority? And make a daily lifestyle, a daily occurrence. So that way we don't have to go and think, we don't have to get to the end of the day and think, man, I should have prayed. Well, let me throw one in there real quick. God, thank you for today. Help me have a good day tomorrow. It'll really mean something. Then we'll see results. It'll be effective in our lives. And it'll be something that we'll never want to stop. Okay, so I'm going to let them do this song and then we'll close in prayer afterwards. You broke my chains of sin and shame and you covered me with grace you mend my life with your hope